1 Samuel 2 has been our text. Let's look at it again. 1 Samuel 2. We've been talking about reverence and glory. Our text is in 1 Samuel 2 and 30. The Lord said, For them that honor me, I will honor. Say that out loud. Them that honor me, I will honor. Who's talking? God's talking. How many know you can count on it if he said it? So if you honor him, what can you count on? He's going to honor you. Now sometimes people try to exercise false humility and go, well, I don't care about being honored. Yeah, you do. You don't want to seek after the honor and glory that comes from men. But you do want the honor of God. Oh, you do. And the honor, God honoring you. Well, let me just back up and say this. The fact that you came in here today and you're alive and you're in this generation and in this time and have revelation to know that there is a God and to be born again, God has honored you. You understand that? There are millions on this planet, blind and lost. God has honored you by enlightening your eyes and revealing truth to you, drawing you to himself. He's also honored you in many other ways. He's blessed you. You got a place to stay. You got clothes to wear. You got food to eat. Had a lot of success in many different areas. Good family, good friends. All of these things are God honoring you. Now, one of the greatest honors is Him honoring us with His presence. And God is everywhere, His Spirit is everywhere. But not manifested the same everywhere. There are some places in this planet. You get off the plane there. And it feels like God's not there. People talk about God forsaken places. Well no. He didn't forsake them. They forsook him. And he's there. Just not in manifestation. But there's other places. By the time you walk on the grounds. You can sense his presence. Right? There's some houses. That's cold. And you can walk in the door. And you can tell people have been screaming and fighting and cussing in there. You can feel it. Hard words have been said in there. Mean things have been done in there. It's so sad that people are so mean to the people that they're supposed to care about the most. That care about them the most. Some of the most cruel, hardest things are done to family. Somebody say, not us. I don't care if you did something last week. Today's a new day. Say, not us. us. We walk in love. We We control our feelings. We control our our temper. We control our our words. words. I'm a Christian. Christian. That's one like the Christ. But there are other homes you can go in. I know one time Phyllis brought one of the young ladies that was working for her at the office back when she was working in... uh, doctor's offices and this uh, young woman wasn't living a good life and had been just all kind of stuff she had gone through. Uh, How many understand the way of the sinner is hard and uh, she hadn't been able to sleep for days. I forget what all it was and Phyllis decided she just needed to bring her home with her that day. She was in such a terrible shape and so she did 
And uh, I came in from where I was teaching and doing things. And I saw, man, she was just, her eyes were bloodshot. How many know just not being able to sleep for several days, that alone would mess you up. And I don't know how long she had been with no sleep. And so uh, we told her, just lay down on the sofa there in the living room. Just lay across there and close your eyes. And I went and sat down at the piano and just worship God for an hour. And then I told Phyllis, I said, take her in there in that bedroom where I pray and wait on the Lord. They put her on that bed. We didn't hear a peep out of her <laughs> under, what, two days. She didn't come out of there. And when she came out, she looked like a different woman. Told Why? There's peace in our house. The presence of the Lord was in there. Well, how many understand the Lord honored us? He's honoring us with his presence in our house. And in that peace, there's healing. Well, can we have more of the presence and peace of God manifested in our homes, in our work, in our church services? How? Honoring Him more. How will He be able to honor us more? If and as we learn how to honor Him more. Say it again, them that honor me. I will honor. He went on to say, those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The NCV says, I will dishonor those who ignore me. The basic English Bible said, those who have no respect for me will be of small value in my eyes. So both sides of this, right? If you honor and respect him a little bit, he's able to show you honor and respect a little bit. If you disrespect him, And don't honor him. Then he doesn't treat you. As honorable. Am I reading scripture or not? Those who have no respect for me. Will be of small value in my eyes. The basic English says. So ever how you treat him. Gives him a right to treat you that way. How many understand God is perfectly just. Perfectly fair. In everything he does. Would it be right. For God to gloriously honor a man that despises him? No. Wouldn't be right. Now, go with me, if you would, to John 8. We began talking last week about how, well, actually before that, but we continued talking about last week, how to show honor. And this is true whether you're talking about honoring God or honoring man. Like we had said before, I mean, we talked about it for weeks. We got excited about it. Honor him, he'll honor you. But we need to, you know, talk about how we're going to do it. Right? Get down to the application. How am I going to honor God more? Well, we said there are four uh, things that I have seen and understood that are practical areas of application. How you see him. How you hear him, how you speak of him, and how you treat him. And of course, he said, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. You despise the one I send, you despise me and the one who sent me. God's very big on delegation. Right? You know, not too many times, but... uh We've had a few people that wasn't pleased that I wasn't able to come speak for them. 
And a few times they've chewed out either uh, one of the staff or Phyllis. Well, you know, that's just not even reasonable thinking now, is it? That if you chew Phyllis out, I'm going to jump up and go, yeah, I want to do it now. (laughs) Or whoever's on the phone at the time and you chew them out because they represent me. They're connected with me. You do them wrong, you did me wrong. And the Lord is that way, I'm telling you, he's that way big time. How many remember 1 John says, if you say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. I'd say it like this, you're a confused liar. Right? God himself doesn't need anything. I'm quoting a scripture. You know, Paul said that standing in the court of the Athenians. God doesn't require anything. He doesn't need you to feed him. God doesn't need your money for himself. God doesn't need anything from us personally. Now, he will receive from us praise, worship, service. But his people do need things. And when you do things for his people, he takes it personally. As though you did it for him. Personally, God doesn't need money. He doesn't need clothes. He doesn't need food, place to stay. But his people do. And so ever how we treat each other and treat those he sends and honor them is how we honor him. So how we see them, how we hear them or listen to them, how we speak of them and about them around them and when they're not there. And how we treat them. Can we increase in honoring God? Can we increase in honoring each other and honoring those he sends? It will be in making efforts in these areas. John 8, did you find it? John 8, 47. He says, he that is of God hears God's words. Would that honor God? You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. (laughs) Made them even madder. They're already mad. (laughs) He's not tiptoeing around though, is he? One way that you show honor is by how you hear. One of the most disrespectful things is interrupting. Somebody's talking. One of the most dishonorable things is interrupting. Now, an elder has more right to interrupt you than you them. Are you listening? We have so much to learn in this generation, don't we? Who should wait on whom? The lesser, the Bible said, is blessed of the greater. Is there lesser and greater? Yes. See, a lot of folk don't think so. They believe in a spiritual socialism. They think that everybody's going to be the same in heaven. Everybody's the same down here. We are all equally loved. We all have equal rights. 
to being born again, being filled with the Spirit, to the name of Jesus, to being healed and prospered. We don't all have the same place. And we should respect God's choice. Well, then who should wait on whom? Should we wait on God or should he wait on us? <laughs> Tell me which is more appropriate. In the kingdom of God, should the head of the church, Jesus, wait on his bride or should the bride wait on him? Hmm? <laughs> Husbands and wives which are a type of the Lord in the church, who should wait on whom? What's more appropriate? Which is about as popular (laughs) as tax day. (laughs) Politically incorrect. Back up though now. Is husband and wife a type of Christ and the church? Who should wait on whom? What's more appropriate? See, when you make somebody wait on you, now sometimes things come up that's beyond your control, and that, but that doesn't happen every day or even every week. Are you listening now? But other than that, you make somebody wait on you for no good reason. What you're saying is my time is more important than your time. And basically you're saying I'm more important. And what I'm doing is more important than you. Well, we're having fun now. (laughs) The same thing is true. Well, let's continue with this, though. Who should wait on whom? What's more appropriate? Your employer. Is it more appropriate for them to wait on you or for you to wait on them? more appropriate. I mean, if they say, meet me at so-and-so, and they're 30 minutes late coming in, well, you're working for them. They're paying for your time anyway. You should have nothing to say about it. But by the same token, if they have to wait on you, that's a different deal. Because they have a different place in that setting than you. Can you see this, friends? Well, the same thing is true in talking. If an elder or somebody who is head over you in some capacity and situation starts to say something and you're talking, what should you do? You should be quiet and listen. And you should never interrupt. Never interrupt an elder. Never interrupt somebody that's over you in some capacity. Never. Now, why am I saying all that? How do you show honor? So there's been a few times when people, sometimes they did it out of ignorance, but the Holy Ghost was speaking through somebody, and somebody in the congregation jumped up and interrupted them, supposedly maybe with a tongue or interpretation or prophecy. Well, now, if God is speaking through both of them at the same time, that was happening at the church at Corinth. People were talking in tongues all at once and interpreting all at once and prophesying all at once. And it was confusion. And he told them God's not in confusion. God's not in all of that. Somebody's missing it somewhere. And he gave them instruction. He said, let them speak 
one at a time and let one interpret and let the prophet speak one by one. Let the other judge. If God really is speaking, he's not interrupting himself. He knows what he wants to say when. Interrupting is dishonoring. And we live in a society that's not taught. How many understand children should be taught not to interrupt their parents when they're talking? Children should not interrupt their teachers when they're talking, their principals, their coaches. They should be taught as an employee, don't interrupt your employer. One reason it's on my mind is because there's been so many times, even lately, that people have called me for counsel and direction, you know, uh, other ministers, and, and the Lord did give me something. But they wouldn't be quiet long enough for you to tell them. And you start trying to tell something, and you pause just for a moment, and they start talking and won't shut up for 30 minutes. Not spiritual enough to recognize this is not just Brother Keith talking now. This is something else. This is something beyond. And is it a problem? Yes, because in showing lack of respect for that, you show lack of honor to the Lord and it hinders him from honoring you with the answer. Can we learn in these areas? Can we grow in these areas? How you see something, somebody, the Lord, his things. How you hear, how you Speak about it, how you treat it. If it's valuable, if it's precious, you treat it that way. I mean, you can tell it. When somebody gets up to say something that everybody thinks is really important, you can hear a pin drop. Can't you? I mean, that's it. Everybody thinks, oh, I want to hear that. And they focus and they pay attention. And you're not saying you're supposed to do that with everybody all the time, but you're supposed to know who and when, what's important. He said to them, John 8, 47, He that's of God hears God's words. You don't hear them because you're not of God. Verse 49, Jesus said, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and you do dishonor me. I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. And that's the kind of people you should listen to and should respect is people that are not seeking their own glory. That tells you the kind of people that are of God. He said in the seventh chapter of this book, he that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. He said in verse uh, 53, They said to him, Are you greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Another translation says, the NIV says, Who do you think you are? We've talked about this before, but we need to continue looking at it. What did they say to Jesus? Hmm? Who do you think you are? And what did he say in response? The next verse? Verse 54? Jesus said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my Father that honors me of whom you say that he is your God. Why did he talk about honor when they said, who do you think you are? Because what are they doing? How are they seeing him? 
Hmm? How are they hearing him? He just got through saying, you won't hear this. Now, it's not that they couldn't hear it with their eardrums. It was bouncing off their eardrums, but they weren't valuing what they were hearing. And they weren't receiving it. Oh, can you see this through this passage? What we've been talking. He said, you're not listening to me. You won't hear it. And then they says, you got a devil. Now they're talking to Jesus. They said, you got a devil and her Samaritan. And he said, I'm not seeking my own honor. My father, why would he talk about honor in response to that? Because they have grossly dishonored him, devalued him, speaking lightly of him. He has a devil. He's a nobody. Who do you think you are? Now, have you ever heard anybody use that phrase talking about somebody else? Well, who do they think they are? Many times when you hear somebody use that phrase... The one who's using the phrase is wrong. Who do you think you are? Is it true that Jesus thought more highly of himself than he ought? Then what was the problem? What was the problem? That Jesus thought too highly of himself? What was the problem? They didn't think highly enough. Of him. See we live in a society. Where so much is base. It, you know I think it's one reason why it's so easy for a lot of people to believe in evolution. Some say you don't believe in evolution? No I believe in devolution. That man. Not that man has evolved to his current state. Man has devolved. Fallen. Degenerated. Man was created in the image and likeness of God. Adam and Eve weren't created and looked at each other and went, ugh. (laughs) Ugh, ugh. They were created brilliant, amazing, beautiful, God-like creatures. They could commune with God on His level. How many understand God did not come down in the cool of the day and walk with hunched over ape-like creatures and go, ugh, 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 ugh. Why would God do that? No. They sat on the cliff overlooking the, the ocean and watched the sunset together. While the cool breezes blew and Adam said, God, that is something. How'd you do that? And he told them. And they understood it. God-like creatures. Made in the image and likeness of God. And see, they knew, they had a sense of their own worth and value because they saw themselves through his eyes and were never exposed to the devaluation. But how many understand you can see it all through the world since the devil and sin is in the world from the time little ones come into the world. What are little ones tempted to do? 
when they start going to preschool, they start going to kindergarten, start going to elementary school and playtime and recess time. What are they tempted to do? Call each other names. Hmm? Fatso. Klutz. Dumbo. Big ears. Bigfoot. Why? All? See, they don't even realize what's going on. And we need to teach our children not to yield to such things. But what's going on is the enemy is trying to move through people to devalue each other. Till people get to the point where, oh, I'm nothing and you're nothing. And who do they think they are? Don't you let people drag you down to their level. It's not that you think too much of yourself. It's that they don't think enough of their self. Or enough of you. Oh, come on, can you see it? The problem is, don't let people drag you down with them. Ah, you're holier than thou. You think you're too good. Come get drunk with me anymore. You you think you can't watch this. Oh, 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 holy, holy, holy. Don't you let their mocking move you in the least. You just smile and go, it's better up here. Come on. You just, you think you're something. You're supposed to think you're something. You're supposed to know who you are in Christ Jesus. Now you're supposed to know that without him, you're nothing. But you're not without him. He's in you. He's with you. They said, who do you think you are? Now, see, that's the enemy's words. That's the devil talking through these people. Why? Because he lost his place. He had it, and he lost it, and it eats him up every day when he sees how God sees us and how he treats us and how he calls us to come up hither where he can't come. So what are people that are bitter, people that have ruined their lives, what do they tend to do? They want to drag you down with them. Hmm? Young people. Value your bodies. People that, young people, teenagers that have been promiscuous, they try to, you know, tell you that your virginity is worthless and you need experience and you need this and that. Why? Well, they've already lost theirs. They want to devalue you with them. Your body is precious. I said, your body is precious. Your virginity is valuable. Did you hear me? Don't you let somebody cheapen it in your eyes. You're valuable. Your life is valuable. Your body's valuable. Don't you let somebody convince you otherwise. You think you're too good to do that. You should be too good for a lot of things. When they said, who do you think you are? Was Jesus the one thinking too much of himself? No. It was them not thinking enough of him. Now, don't let this get away from you, friends, because this happens all the time, man to man. Those he sends, ever how we treat them is how we treat him. Treating each other. Should we think less of each other? Or should we come up? Should we come up? Hmm? What if we got to the place where we treat each other like royalty? 
treat each other like kings and treat everybody treat each other like they're really important. Have I digressed or would that affect God giving glory to us? If we're showing that kind of respect to each other, we're showing it to him. And if we honor him, he will honor us. Oh, can you see it? Can you take a little more? Then go over to uh, the book of Mark. Mark 6 and verse 1. This is one of the plainest examples of people failing to show honor and respect. Verse 1, when he, Jesus, went out from there, he came into his own country. This is where he grew up. And his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. Now let's just stop right here. He grew up around here. People know him. Uh, Now I'm going to use some modern phraseology, but it has to have an older counterpart. They knew him at the grocery store, market, at the shop, carpenter's hut, whatever. People saw him on the streets and at home and at gatherings, but he's gone out. He's had this experience being baptized by the Holy Spirit in Jordan. He's had this experience in the wilderness and coming out in the power of the Spirit. And they have had miracles in other places. They've had blind eyes open and deaf ears. And God's used him to speak in such a way that whole towns are turning to the Lord. Now he's come back home for a visit and some ministry. In the local synagogue where everybody knows him. Where he grew up. These are his old stomping grounds. Verse 2. The Sabbath day was come. He began to teach in the synagogue. Now how many believe it was good teaching? Come on now. How many think Jesus had a bad day this day? That it just wasn't anointed. And it was bad. Didn't happen. It was good. Wasn't it? But the people there didn't respond like it was good, did they? What'd they say? They said, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him? And that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. Can you see where the emphasis is? The emphasis is not about the mighty works. It's about them coming through him. Why? Because they know him. They grew up around him. They know his family. You know, a good question here is, what kind of people does God use? (laughs) People just like you. That's all he's got. (laughs) Where's he going to go to find people that's got no ignorance? That's never made any mistakes? He has to use you and me. And so when we see somebody and God's using them or called them or anointed them and then we see that they made a mistake or we see that they did something dumb, you shouldn't just fall off your chair and go, well, (laughs) you should know their biggest problem is they're like me. That's their biggest problem. Human. Flesh. Like me. They said, 
Where did this man get these? None of them knew who that man was. But they're talking about, do you hear how they're talking about him? This man. This guy. When you call somebody this guy and you know their name. I'm talking about how you speak about somebody. How you speak of them. This guy. And what wisdom is this that's given to him? And such mighty works wrought by his. Is not this the carpenter? Well, he, come on now, he used to be a carpenter. Now he's in the ministry. But they still want to call him the carpenter. If you respected him, even if you didn't know he was the Christ, you'd call him, you've already seen God work miracles through him, you'd call him the man of God. You'd call him the prophet, the teacher. But no, they want to call him the carpenter. The son of Mary. Brother of James, Joseph's brother, Judah's brother, Simon's brother. His sisters are right here with us. And they were what? They were what? Offended at him. Friends, you show me where people are offended. And I'll show you where the glory of God is not. You know the rest of this story, don't you? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 4, Jesus said, a prophet is not what? Not what? Without honor, but where? In his own country, among his own kin, in his own house. Where's the most common failure of people not giving honor? With people they know. But Jesus said to him, a prophet's not without honor. Except in these places. Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work. Save he laid his hands on a few sick folk. And healed them. Couldn't. Was he able to honor them. With the presence. Was God able to honor them. With the anointing. That opened blind eyes. And and deaf ears. And and caused the lame to. was, Was God able to honor them. With the move of God. In their little town. Like had happened in other towns. No, why? Why? They would not honor him. They would not respect him. And some folk could have went away and said, well, see, it's not always the will of God for these kind of things to happen. It certainly was the will of God. It's just that they didn't show enough honor for him to honor them. Notice the term, though, said they were what at him? They were offended. Let me give you the definition of offended again. To be offended, this Greek word here means to cause to feel displeasure, to be indignant, to be angry. Were they upset with him? They were angry with him? Why? Why? Here's the other main definition of this word. To cause a person to distrust or desert one that they ought to trust and obey. To stop believing in. It's translated sometimes fall away. One of the best definitions of this word offend is to stop believing in. Stop believing in. Not believe in. Well, let me read the translation to you on this. They said, the new living, he's just a carpenter. Just. Son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph, Judah, Simon. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. See, offended includes the idea of refusing to believe in or deciding not to believe in any longer. 
And there's no reason for it. How many understand Jesus did not think more highly of himself than he ought? He wasn't there trying to get glory to himself. Was he? He was not. He was honest. He was real. He was righteous. He was pure. God had anointed him. Had sent him. Had put those words in his mouth. But most of the people in the building that day did not believe it. Did not like it. Did not receive it. And it prevented God from honoring them. How many know God wanted to do the same thing there he had done in all those other towns and places. He does not change. What was the plan of God there that day? Oh, people come to God. People get healed. People get delivered. Demoniacs get delivered. Blind people see. Deaf people like everywhere else. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Now some people want to be adamant and go, I just believe if it's the will of God, it's going to happen. Well, you're wrong. If God was going to force his will on anybody about anything, he'd do it with the new birth. If he was going to do it about anything, because that's the most important, that's eternity. He would force people because it is his, it's not his will that any should perish. He would make people get saved. He doesn't. And he won't. And if he won't do that, then he certainly won't force people in other things. No. There are all kind of things not happening. Miracles not happening. Moves of God not manifested, which is all a way of saying God not honoring people and honoring their services and their churches and their families. Why? They're not honoring him. Not honoring him. But say it out loud. We're learning how. We're growing. We're changing. How will we honor him more? Help me out now. By the way we see. Look at. Value him. and His people and his things and his word. By the way we listen to. We know how to be quiet. We know how to focus. We know how to pay attention. There's a time to talk. And there's a time not to. By how we treat and deal with sometimes people think we're just trying to show off you know oh they're trying to spend money on this or spend money on that and make this flashy and make that flashy Mm -mm. ain't got nothing to do with showing off it's got to do with we think this is important right while other people think oh that's good enough for the church house we think the best should be in the church house Right? If we have to slack on something, it'll be at our house, not at the church house. Right? Ain't got anything to do with showing off. It's a matter of us saying God's things are more important than anything. And when it's time for His things, everything else is put on the back shelf. Right? When it's time for His things to be done, no expense spared. The best we can believe for. The best we know how to do. Is that honoring God? It is. We've done a little bit of it. And he's honored us. Hasn't he? With good places and plenty of money and outreaches. How many think we can honor him more? Stand up on your feet. We can honor him more. And what will happen? Oh, glory to God. How many want God to be able to honor us more? Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Oh, Father, we honor you. We give you glory. 
We give you praises. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.